Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, I hope you've been well. How have you been doing? I know it's been a little while since we were on the podcast here, but I always appreciate podcast listeners and the engagement that we get from you because you're a good crew and I appreciate you being here. Today, we have a session that we just got out of. In fact, I just got out of the studio, just finished recording this with the Mindfire team and a small, small group of very select and important print and mail companies. And the theme of the conversation was around how you can supercharge direct mail in the modern age. And I shared both through illustrations on the screen, which you won't be able to see here, but if you go to our blog, you'll be able to see them there. But I think you'll get the idea as you listen to these illustrations around how you can supercharge direct mail. This is for specifically you if you do direct mail for your clients and that direct mail needs some sort of response from the recipient. And if you're looking to improve that process and dramatically improve the value of that mail, meaning boost the response rates, create more leads, drive more sales for your customer, then this information is for you. I cover three things. First of all, I kind of lay out the big picture of how these two changes that are impacting direct mail are going to impact the work that you do and how you can become immediately more valuable as a trusted advisor to your clients once you know what it is that we're talking about here. That's the first thing we do. Then second, we look at the starting point that about 99% of mailers that we work with completely miss in terms of how you take the first steps into significantly improving the direct mail that you run for clients. And this missed starting point, this workflow, if you will, that we're going to talk about really ends up costing those printers who ignore this everything. And I'm going to tell you why that is. We're going to walk through that. Mackenzie Linders here on the Mindfire team, Joe Manos, Lita Wood, and others Join into the conversation here to help illustrate that point. And then thirdly, ultimately for many of you here, you're looking at how do you drive revenue? How do you drive profits by offering new and innovative direct mail solutions to your clients? And so the question becomes, with what we're talking about today, how do you know which clients are a fit for this? How do you determine, even if they're not asking you for this, even if they don't realize that they need it, even if you don't realize that they need it, how do you figure out who this is for and how you can help them? So we're going to talk about that. And then we get into Q&A from the live audience. This was, again, like I said, a very small select group of print and mail companies. So you're going to hear their questions and our replies to those as we dive into all things direct mail. You ready? Let's go. Welcome to the session. And uh, this is where we're going to be sharing with you some innovative ways that you can increase direct mail response rates 20 to 30% with only two simple changes. And it's something that I know some folks laugh at, especially because we're talking about direct mail. But for those of you who are here with us, you know that direct mail is no laughing matter, right? That's why I feel that we actually have a significant challenge ahead of us as an industry and specifically in our time today, which is why I've asked McKinsey to help me co-present the material. The challenge is specifically, how do we take the, the thousands, tens of thousands of hours of work and distill the very best so that you can get new and fresh ideas, so that even if you've never looked at direct mail in the way that we're going to discuss today, you can leave here with an understanding that puts you in the top 1% of print and mail professionals. And that's a tall order to try to do in the 60 minutes plus 30 minutes of Q&A that we have laid out today. But the goal is by the time you're done today, you'll leave with new knowledge that you can immediately apply to your direct mail clients so that you can deliver them more value 
than you could walking in or clicking into the Zoom event, that you will have acquired knowledge that has value to you immediately in conversations with clients, okay? So that's the goal. We wanna help you understand how to supercharge the direct mail you provide for your clients. By the way, if you're wondering, it sounds great, but how are we gonna do that? That's what we're getting into today. I'm gonna share all of that with you today. Mackenzie and others are gonna help us go through that. By the way, I was just talking to a client about the stuff that you're learning today in this web class. And he made a comment around, wow, it's like, really, we're not changing much on the direct mail piece. And yet, everything changes with this. Everything changes with what we're talking about. And he's right. And it's because of the results of what you're going to be learning in this web class today. Things like better response rates, more leads, deeper business relationship with your clients that we feel passionate about sharing this with you because it can dramatically alter the dynamic of the relationship that you have with your clients. So I'm Dave Rosendahl. If we haven't met before, I'm president here at Mindfire. Mackenzie Linders, who I had on the screen a moment ago, is also with me here for today's training. Mackenzie, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited. Awesome. Mackenzie, go ahead. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I didn't see. It didn't, it didn't yeah. change on my screen, so there we go. So interesting. All right. Well, Everyone, nice to meet you. My name is Mackenzie. As he said, we have some great material for you today. And I'm looking at the registration list and looking at the people that are here right now. I know we said hi to Vinny and some other friendly and familiar faces. But for those of you who don't know Mindfire, just a little bit about us for some context. So Mindfire is an organization that focuses exclusively on print and mail companies. So organizations like you also pictured in that top portion of the slide that Dave has there. And what we do is we help organizations like you provide high value services that allow you to supercharge the print and mail that you offer to your customers, impacting their overall results and often leading to the mail performing three to five times better. So we work with you. We have a unique technology that allows you to supercharge the mail that you provide to your clients represented in that bottom section. And what that allows you to do is impact their results performing to higher than three to 5%. So we're excited to share this information with you today. Yeah. And over the last 90 to 120 days, you know, we've been capturing this information and, and figuring out how to bring it to you. And the insights that we're bringing are from numerous conversations with clients and brands and folks in the industry. In fact, just about 60 days ago, I was with a few hundred implant mailers at the IPMA conference in New York, speaking to them about direct mail and then about a month ago with a group of high volume mailers and other industry experts. Many of you may recognize some of the faces here on the screen. And so it's from this experience that we bring you to today's session. And so let me cut right to the chase and let's get into specifically what it is that we wanna cover in the training today. And to do that, I thought about kind of the backstory here. I wanted to share a little bit with you around how Mindfire and how we personally got into the world of print because it wasn't anything that we necessarily planned. I certainly never anticipated as a child or as a young adult that I would someday run a company that's focused on print companies. That wasn't necessarily in the cards. But what happened is that around 2008, a small print and mail company became a client and they presented us with an opportunity to help them work with one of their clients. It was a small financial services company. And they asked us a really simple question. The printer asked us, to help them boost response rates for their client via the direct mail that they were running for that particular client. And the question that they asked is one that's probably something that you've all been asked before, even if it's not exactly phrased this way, or even if your clients aren't explicitly asking of 
this of you, you know that your clients are requiring you to deliver new and engaging results, right? Give me a yes in the chat if you agree with that. And usually that means that they're ultimately after more response, better leads and better ROI, right? Now for me, I wasn't as smart as you all here. At that point, you know, to be honest, I wasn't really sure how the internet, how a technology company could help direct mail. Going back to high school, when I was in high school, I started an internet service provider with modems. I don't even know if, Mac, do you even remember what a modem is like, that screeching sound? (laughs) That was how we used to connect to the internet back in the day. So I came from a technology background. I was early to social media. Some of you remember this guy here on the screen, MySpace. We all had Tom as our first friend. So honestly, I had kind of this insecurity around how could a technology company possibly help a print and mail company and how could we improve response rates to direct mail? The answer wasn't obvious, but the question was clear. The printer was looking for us to us to help them understand how they could boost response and create more leads. They had tried a number of things like different lists, different offer, creative, changing the BRC, different postage envelopes, all sorts of different things to try to lift response rates. But what we found is that nothing clearly stood out as a way to increase response, but more specifically, that it was just difficult to track what was actually working to drive response. Does anybody resonate with that? Give me a yes in the chat if that resonates with you. Give me a yes. That realization, this realization is key. And in a moment, you're going to see how you can solve this. But back to my story, what happened is as we got closer to this mailer and to their client, it became clear to to me and to our organization that there was a significant opportunity to apply web and digital technology to an industry that, to be honest, folks, Silicon Valley mostly ignores, right? And so I fell in love with print and direct mail, the possibility of what the two could do together to help brands, to help your customers drive more results. But we had a problem. This happened. (laughs) The market crashed. Yeah, just like some of the headlines these days, it was very, very scary, very challenging time. And so I knew that we had to figure out things. If it was difficult already, we really had to figure out and elevate what we were doing for this particular client because failure would have likely meant the end of that printer, the print company that I told you that engaged us. Super tough times for Mindfire, and of course, not a good result for the end customer. And the turmoil that was in the market at that time, many of you remember, made it 10 times more difficult to create leads. So we had a problem. I pulled some of the the headlines from back in those days. If you look at the screen, it's actually eerily similar to what we've seen over the last couple of years. And in fact, just even yesterday or the day before, I know the, the market tanked, right? So a similar situation is happening right now. But what we did at that time is we dove headfirst into working very closely, very intertwined with print and mail companies. In fact, I embedded myself at a print company. Here's, here's an example of the, the print company that I actually worked about half my days in inside of to understand the print and mail industry and how to make an enabling technology that would tie the print to the direct mail. And working together, with a group of print companies, we did something that at, at the time seemed really simple. We added something really small to the direct mail, and I'm using this little dot here on the screen. No, your monitor hasn't gone out and blown a <laughs> pixel, but if you can see this little dot here, this represents the small idea. At the time, we really had no clue what this would turn into, but as many of you know, I'm sure most of the, 
the, the powerful movements that start within an industry, within, a, within the world for that matter, start with a small idea. And so here is the idea. Let me show you specifically what I mean. Let me get into the, to the brass tacks here. If you look at the screen, and if this illustration represents a typical direct mail piece, let's just imagine this represents a direct mail piece. I'm gonna use this throughout the material today. This is what the printer was doing before. They were sending this piece to our good friend, John Sample, and the call to action on that piece drove that respondent to a website or to pick up the phone number, pick up the phone and call that phone number. What we created, some of you are familiar with this term, but not how it's being applied today. But what we created was a personalized URL or a Perl for short. And a, a Perl is a, is a special form of URL where the name of the recipient, like you can see here on the screen, John Sample, the name of the recipient is embedded in the URL itself, just like you see on the screen. So if we're sending this piece to John, his Perl is johnsample.mymortgage.com in this fictitious example. Mine would be davidrosendahl.mymortgage.com and so on for each of you. Now, when we applied this, here's what we learned about the power of the Perl. Over the course of the next few months, as the direct mail started hitting home and as the results started coming in, as we started measuring what was going on, we realized that adding a pearl to the direct mail piece was really a deceptively simple strategy because not only does it make responding easier for the consumer, the person receiving that mail piece, the John sample in this example, right? But it also gave the printer visibility into what was working and a way to prove that what they were doing, that the direct mail, that the print that they were doing mattered. And for the brand, the company they were doing the direct mail for, it gave them real-time leads. And what we found, and many of you know this intuitively, but what we found was that speed to response is critical for these many customers and for that customer in particular. Being able to respond to leads in seconds, that's what we're talking about here, changed everything for their business. Now, as I was thinking about how this all went down, I realized the impact that this had on the business, on the brand, when Amazon, AWS, had an outage. And it was a bad day for many, many, many organizations. But I suddenly realized how vital this had become to our client and to the end customer because of the, the calls and the emails and the texts and everything that started coming in from the brand, the call center, the marketing and sales leader. And so in a way, I kind of have, we have Jeff Bezos to thank for this insight because if AWS hadn't gone down that day, we may have never fully realized the power of what we had done to the direct mail. This was kind of the light bulb moment, folks. This is when we realized, when I realized, that there's something very powerful here because people don't call and freak out over something if it's not important to their business. Are you following this? Give me a yes in the chat if you're understanding what I'm saying here. The reason why they freaked out is because it was becoming increasingly vital to their business. Does that make sense? Give me a yes in the chat. A few weeks ago, it was with Brent Taylor from Rico, and we were talking about this same story, and he reminded me, he's like, well, David, it's because print, direct mail is communication, right? And the value of the direct mail is that it's that first step in the communication between a company and their prospects and their clients. And what I realized in 2008 was the value of combining direct mail with the pearl, and when taken together, when Jeff Bezos tripped over the damn server or whatever happened, it was that interruption that really elucidated or, or shown, shown a light on the fact that 
this is providing significant value for the organization. The communication process had been disrupted and had been broken. And it was because of the pearl added to the direct mail piece that the organization was aware. And so that was the light bulb moment. We realized every single piece of direct mail that needs a response from the, from the recipient needs something like this. Every piece of direct mail that demands a response or requires a response from the consumer needs a trackable digital counterpart. If you're doing direct mail and that direct mail needs the recipient to do something, you better give that person a way to respond online. And even better, that link needs to be something personalized, specific to the individual and tracked so that your client, the brand, and you know who's responding, even if they don't complete whatever the call to action is on the other end. We're going to go into more detail into that in a moment. But the power of knowing what the respondent is doing, even if they don't complete the call to action, is very powerful. Your client is spending their budget, their money on that mail piece. And without this kind of visibility, those responses are lost. They're in the, they're in the ether somewhere. Are you all getting this? Let me know in the chat if this is making sense to you. What we ended up doing, okay, good. I see the chat coming in here. As we walked through this process, we kind of created a three-step framework with this client, which by the way, has been used by thousands of companies since then. And if you want to copy this presentation, we're going to bring it up here on the screen in a second. Feel free to take a, a, a snapshot with your cell phone or just ask my team here in the chat. We'll make sure you get a copy of this so that you don't have to write all of this down. But what I thought we should do here, Mac, is let's peel this back a little bit more deeply now. Walk us through that simple framework that we created to kind of help illustrate how this comes together. Awesome. Perfect. So as Dave mentioned, we created a three-step framework because part of what we want to do is make sure that you can take actionable insight, right? Take this and start to apply it to your business. So the first thing that we did is we added pearls and the John sample, the unique URL to that recipient on, recipient on every single mail piece, right? So that was step one, right? We Going back to Dave's picture, this is the new way. That was number one. Now, when someone typed that in, so when Dave went, he said, oh, I want to respond. I'm going to go to daverosenthal.mymortgage.com. What we did is we drove the Daves or drove everyone to a unique, what we called Pearl microsite. So that was a microsite, a website unique to Dave that was specific to that offer, right? So every single person typed it in and what they saw was unique to them. Now, when people engage with it, so Dave got the mail, he wanted to respond and take advantage of that offer. He went to that personalized site. He filled out the form he submitted, right? The second he submitted, or even if he didn't, we'll talk about that in a second. The second he did or didn't do something, we pushed that activity to the sales team. So it could be pushed to the call center or a follow-up or whatever it was. And that's why what Dave said happened because the second that the server was down and those leads stopped being delivered to the sales team that now relied on them, they thought, well, what am I gonna do? Who am I gonna call? And so all of this together allowed them to get leads of engaged participants and it did it on thousands of bases, right? So thousands of people started to respond and they started to rely on those leads. So step one, add a pearl. Step two, mm -hmm. drive those people to that personalized microsite. And step three, push those people to the sales team to follow up and start to turn those leads into sales. Yep, yep, yep. And so, you know, the results are really what illustrate how powerful this is. The end customer in this particular case grew from 
a few million dollars in funded loans to over $2 billion in funded loans. And from the printer's perspective, 50,000 mailers, 50,000 direct mail pieces to over 7 million on a monthly basis. And that, that printer grew from a few million in revenue to over 50 million at this point. And so all of this happened because of this simple germ of idea. I added this little red arrow now so that you can actually see that <laughs> dot here on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's small. So that's how we came to realize the power of direct mail when tied to the web and the impact that it has on organizations like yours. And so that's what brings me and brings us to stages both virtual and in real life with the opportunity to speak to printers around the nation. Because through this experience, we realize there is a way to help you, to help print and mail companies fight back. We know there is significant pressure on the print industry. So that's what fires me up, believe it or not. I feel that we are called, and I'm personally called, along with the, the wonderful team here at MindFire to serve print and mailers, implants, direct mail lovers. And so if that's you, you're our people. Now, Mac, go ahead and kind of talk to us about some of the results that folks can expect. I know you got this case study here you want to walk through yeah, when adding a personalized URL to, to a direct mail piece. Yeah, I think it's important. I think there's part textbook, right? And then there's like, okay, tell me what actually happens in real life. And so I showed you that three-step framework, right? Like the three things that we did. And now what I want yeah. to do is walk you through a real life example to show you the results and how it actually impacted a program. So I'm gonna walk you through a case study and this case study is specific for a national financial services company. And so what the goal of the print and mail organization was, was to increase response rates and to be able to test if this thesis actually works, they did an AB split test. So what they did for the AB split test is they took what they normally do, which is 2 million pieces of mail and they tested two different things. So they tested their Perl, so that mailer with that new way, right, with the unique URL, against the control, which was that old mail that Dave had mentioned, which is the mail how it was before. And so essentially what they had is they had a control. The control is the normal one, right? No Perl, original mail piece. Mm -hmm. They tested that against a the opposite, which is the mail with the Perl. So Perl versus no Perl. And what they did is they let this, this test run for six months. And what they found, it's actually amazing. What they found is that adding the pearl to the mail increased and, increased and lifted the response rates by 20 to 30%. And so what happened was they did this test, they saw it in real life. And what they realized is, wait a minute, doing this in real life actually impact our customer where they're able to increase their response rates by 20 to 30%. So I just want to take a moment and say, this is not just textbook, right? This is real life. Are you getting how impactful this is and how it can really impact the bottom line of your customers? Yeah. Let's see that in the chat folks. I know Joe and others are chatting with you, but is this making sense? Is this, uh, is this connecting for you? This is really important because with this backdrop, we're going to roll up our, our virtual sleeves now. I want to teach you the most important things you need to know about this process. Remember, as I said a few moments ago, our goal here is to equip, equip you, arm you to be conversant in this kind of technology and in this kind of opportunity for you and for your customer and so that you can walk out of here with at least one new idea or understanding around how you can take the next step in applying this to the direct mail that you do for your clients or at the very least that you can walk out of this meeting today and be informed when you speak to your next client today, all right? So we're gonna do that in three areas. First, I wanna peel back even a step further here and kind of help you understand the big picture or in other words, you know, what is the promised land that you can lead your customers to 
when you and when they grasp what we're talking about here. So we're going to spend a few moments on that. And then second, we're going to teach you a starting point that 99% of mailers completely miss when they're thinking about how to make the leap into offering this kind of service to their customers. And really, it costs them everything. I'm going to describe to you, and we're going to show you what we mean there. And then thirdly, ultimately, we're going to you know, need to talk about how do you get your customers on board with this. And so we're going to get into some very specific sets of criteria, set of criteria that you can use to understand which of your clients, which use cases, where are your clients actually desperate for this? Even if they don't know that they need it from you, where are they desperate for the service from you? And so we're going to walk you through those criteria so that you know how to start to think about your customers in this way. And then, of course, we're going to leave plenty of time for Q&A, talk all about your questions and talk about any next steps that you might want to put in place. So let's start with the big picture. My intention here is to give you three insights that you can immediately use to become more valuable to your customers. All right. I want you to see what's possible so that when you speak to your clients, especially those that are always asking for something new, for new ideas, or even if they're not asking, but you know, deep down, you're, you know that you better start delivering something new. I want you to have those concepts in mind. So I'm going to share with you these three key insights. Number one, let's talk about why adding this digital response mechanism is a force multiplier. It's really important to understand that. And then I want to talk to you about how adding other digital channels really can put your direct ma mail on steroids. And then thirdly, I want to talk about what verticals this can work for, okay? So if you're taking notes, get ready to write down these three sections here. Let's start with why adding this response mechanism is so powerful, why we call it a, a force multiplier. So again, I'm using this illustration. Imagine this is a direct mail piece you're printing for your clients right now. If that direct mail is for lead gen, then most direct mail is done the old way, right? Where you have a static corporate website and maybe you have a phone number, just like you see here on the screen. Everyone with me so far? Give me an X in the chat if you're following this. This illustration represents what we're all accustomed to. And I want you to think for a moment about a client that you're doing this kind of mail for right now. Think about a client that you do this kind of mail for. If you have them in mind, just drop a yes in the chat. You don't have to tell me who they are. Just drop a yes in the chat. With that client in mind, think about this. There are some significant problems with that direct mail that are skating right under your nose, or put another way, that cause you to leave significant opportunity on the table. There's at least three issues. I want to show you, show you what those are. There are more issues, but these are three of the most prominent. The biggest issue is that you don't know what happens after this direct mail gets to its destination. You as the, the printer, you as the, the direct mailer. What I mean by that is... You have no idea how many people go to, in this fictitious example, mortgagecompany.com, right? None of that data gets back to you from your client. Second, none of you know how many people go to Google and type in the name of the mortgage company and then from the Google search results, click through to the website. Now, if you're like, Dave, what the heck are you talking about here? Maybe you've never watched other people use the internet. But a lot of people, even if they have a domain in front of them, go to Google, type in that domain, and instead of you know, typing it directly in their browser, they go to the Google search listing and then click through to go to that website. It happens all the time. In fact, I'm sure there's plenty of you in this room that do that as well. You might be chuckling to yourself right now. Now, if you're lucky, you might know how many people call the phone number. If they're using some sort of call tracking, maybe your client shares that with you. But overall, 
there's a major problem here. The direct mail that you're printing that's supposed to generate results, whether that be visits, leads, sales, you have no idea if that's happening. Am I right? Give me a yes in the chat if you're understanding this and if this is connecting with the situation that you feel you're often in. Basically, if you agree here, if your virtual head is nodding, you're walking blindly and you're at significant risk. And to be honest, your client is walking blindly too in many cases. There's really no clear-cut way to prove the value of the direct mail. Now, the thing that makes me angry, and I'm going to try to keep calm here because I get fired up about this, is that, you know, as I work with, with mailers of all shapes and sizes and all sorts of verticals, what makes me angry is that everyone else is getting credit for the activity generated by the direct mail. Everyone else is taking that attribution, that credit for themselves. If you're not familiar with the term attribution, in this context, I simply mean that the, the web team, the digital team, everyone else in the marketing organization is saying, hey, you know that web activity? That's because of us. But they're wrong. It's because of the direct mail. Are you getting what I'm saying here? With old direct mail, when people go to the website, the web team says, yay, web team, we generated that result. Or when people go to Google and then they type in mortgagecompany.com, the PPC, the pay-per-click team, the digital ads team is saying, yeah, go digital team. That's because of our great PPC ad. Or when someone calls the phone number, God knows who takes credit for that. Maybe AT&T says, hey, that's us. But you get the point, right? It's crazy. Everyone else is taking attribution for that direct mail. This is a problem. Do you agree? I want this to be a conversation. Tell me in chat. Do you agree with this? Here's the do other thing. This? Yeah, the other thing is not only do they take credit, they use that credit to inform where they spend more money, right? Yeah. So then they say, yeah. okay, great. Our, web, our PPC drove so many leads. Let's go double down on our PPC, our Google spend, and let's cut spend elsewhere, right? So it's not yeah. even just about the credit. It's about that they're using that information to inform how they spend in the future. And unfortunately, yeah. in some cases, when they spend more here, they cut elsewhere. And sometimes the mail gets cut when actually the yeah. mail was going to drive results in the first place. Yep, 100% right, Matt. So this is why I get amped up. <laughs> this is why I get excited because... With this new way of doing direct mail by modernizing the direct mail in the way that we're talking about today, adding the personalized URL. And one other aspect, I saw it in the chat, I'm going to get there just in a second. You can avoid these issues and you can take control back. You can take control back to the direct mail and you can start to get back in the driver's seat in a way that previously you've been unable to. Now, when you add the pearl, like you see here on the screen, it's going to not only boost response rates, but it's going to allow you and the client to track every response. I'm going to show you that in a second, but it's the antidote. It's the answer to the problems that I just showed you a second ago, but there's another thing that's happened. If you think about the pandemic, if you look at the screen here, this is my grandma, right? Everyone, including my grandma and perhaps yours, is now comfortable whipping out their phone and scanning a QR code, right? This means that with direct mail, you can leverage this change on the direct mail piece as well to get even more clarity, even more tracking, and even more response. And we do that through what's called a personalized QR code. Sometimes you'll see it abbreviated to PQR, and that's a, a special form of QR code. We're going to dissect that for you today that makes it easy to respond 
to mail online. So the new way of doing direct mail starts to look like this. Suddenly, you're going to know everybody who types in their Perl, even if they don't convert on the other end. I'm going to show you how we do that. And second, you're going to know everybody who's responding on their mobile device. Mac, I'm throwing you on the spot here, but I know just the other day you were talking to somebody about kind of the split between how many people respond online to the Perl and how many people are scanning the QR code. What was the anecdote that you picked up from that client? Yeah, so I was telling Dave, I think maybe yesterday or the day before, I was talking to a customer and they started, they're ones who always have done in the last few years, Perls, right? But now with the personalized QR code, they want to test it. And what they're seeing, results are showing a 50-50 split, meaning half Hmm. of the people are choosing to go to their mobile device or their web browser on their computer and type in that Perl. And half of the people are whipping out their phone, opening up their camera and scanning the QR code. And so what that's allowing them to do is see, oh, people are responding in both ways. And then I asked the tough question. I'm just going to go on here for a second, Dave. I said, okay, but tell me the truth. Was it that you, they just simply replaced, let's say a hundred people used to type in the Perl. Is it now that 50 people type in the Perl and 50 people type a scan QR code, meaning they just replaced how they did it with another mechanism or is there an overall lift? And he said, no, he said, if we had a hundred people scanning the Perl before or typing in the Perl before hundred people are typing in the Perl and more people are, ty- are scanning the QR code, which means 50, 50 split, you give people the power to respond in the way that they want. And by doing that, they're increasing the net impact on the response from that mail. Yep. Yep. That's helpful. If you're nodding your head along with Mac and, and, and what I'm saying here, by the way, when I say Mac, I mean McKenzie. That's what I call her for short here. <laughs> if, you're, if you're nodding along with what we're talking about and you're understanding that uh, this, is, this is powerful, then likely what you're thinking is, hey, the next step is or the next logical step is I got to be able to provide my clients with this kind of insight, some sort of reporting that shows them this. So instead of you know, wondering what's happening or hoping and praying that the mail is working, you can show that. You can know that. Here's an example here on the screen. This is a real-life example with some live audit data that we pulled for a client. Very small numbers, just so you can easily get the idea of the kinds of things that you can now start to see. So I'm just going to call your attention to a few of the KPI boxes here on the screen. You know, obviously, you'll be able to show how many pieces you sent, how many total responses came in through the Perl and the personalized QR code, how many came just through the Perl, how many came through the, the QR code, just like you were talking about, McKenzie, and then additional data like which list is working. Which of the lists is driving the response? Which of the lists is driving more response to the Perl? Which is the list that's driving the most response to the QR code? And so on. But you can go even deeper. If you start to think about the different attributes of both the data that you have in the mail file, as well as the data that you can capture from respondents, then you can start to ask yourself, self, you know, what's driving this response? And here in this example, if you look at the screen, this is a, a smart printer who's looking at things like, is it the week that we send the mail? Is it the template that we're using? Is it the teaser copy that we're using? This printer has envelopes. (laughs) So is it the kind of envelope that we're using? So this is the kind of stuff that you can start to look at yourself and provide your customer. You can also say, hey, you know what? That's interesting, but what else? What else might be driving response? Could it be something about the individual? Maybe their FICO score. This is a financial example here, or is it the, the amount of monthly savings they say they have, or is it the rate spread that we're offering them? What is it that's driving those results? And this information, this data is gold, right? This is what gives you insights to deliver the results that your competitors are simply unable to do. 
Now, Mac, again, I'm going to throw you on the, catch you on the fly here, but I'd love for you to give an example of, you know, as you're working hand-to-hand with mailers, what's one other example of something you hear from them that they're measuring that they weren't able to before that they're finding value in? Can you think of an example? Yeah, I can think of one. It's also not even just what the mailer wants to measure. It's what their customer wants to do. So the first one that comes to mind that I hear a lot is creative, right? They want to be able to test which mail piece the creative is driving more response. And actually hmm. it's interesting because they had they this, I'm talking about a specific customer of ours who talked about how they split test and they called it a challenger and a champion. They did this for yep. mail. They would ch- test a blue background versus a red and then a red versus a green or whatever it is, right? To be able to capture the challenger and the champion. And what they realized is that tracking at this level allows you to actually isolate the testing to the creative, right? Because what if you sent people to mortgage.com and one, you know, one of them just happened to drive more response, but it had nothing to do with the creative. But because the response mechanism is directly on that physical mail piece, you can now isolate that creative testing and be able to split test creative. So that's a that's a big one, both for the printers as well as their customers. During the Q&A later, folks, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the additional training if you want to get deeper into this process. But I pulled this slide from one of our detailed training courses that we use to get folks up to speed. And I pulled it because I want to, I don't want to go into all the details here, but I just want to quickly articulate just to solidify in your heads, the value of what you gain from doing this. I see Michael saying, I have a higher ed client that I could use some differentiation with on a, on, on a very high end. So Michael, and for the others who are thinking through, could this help me? Where does it help me? First of all, you're gaining the ability to make your direct mail trackable. So you can clearly demonstrate that ROI. Second, we'll talk about this during Q&A. This is going to drive revenue and profit. That's very important. Thirdly, you can differentiate from competitors, right? If, if you're competing on just price or if that's where things are headed or you feel that they're headed that way, we were just talking to a, a printer yesterday about this. You want to get out of that and you need a way to be able to position your 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 product, your service, your company in a way where you differentiate from the competition. And that's what this can help you do. Fourthly, and this is very important, especially as we talk about the ugly R word, the recession, you got to protect your existing clients. You got to offer them something new and you want to grow that revenue. So by doing this, this gives you something new, some new value add that you can begin talking to your clients about. That's very, very important. So our mission at MindFire is to get a pearl and a personalized QR code on every piece of lead gen direct mail in the United States. But forgetting about our lofty ambitions for a second, I want to ask you a question. What do you think would change for you if you were able to add this to the direct mail? What do you think it would do to the direct mail that you're creating for clients right now? Think about that for a moment. Put that into the chat. I'm going to try to be quiet for just a moment here so that you can think about that. What would change if you were able to do this for all the direct response mail that you do for your clients? What would change for you? Because what we see is that it gives you a way to prove that direct mail works. We've talked about that. Secondly, to drive better response rates, 20 to 30% better response rates. And thirdly, and this leads into my next point here, gives you the ability to really show your customers a path or a roadmap towards 
putting that direct mail and that marketing that you're doing for the customer on steroids. Let me show you what I mean here. I have this simple articulation of kind of what I'm talking about here, kind of the, the path that you can lead folks down. I'm going to walk you through that really, really quickly. The reason it's important to understand this, folks, the reason why it's important to understand kind of what the promised land is, is that these Perl and PQR workflows, the personalized QR workflows, are really the tip of the iceberg. They can become really sophisticated. And so oftentimes, because of the value that you start to add to the direct mail, and because you're now impacting business-level ob objectives, revenue-generating objectives, you're going to find that your clients are requesting that you integrate more deeply into their business, into their CRM, their call centers, their day-to-day -day operations. And this makes your direct mail offering so much more than just about the cost per piece. Are you getting that? So it can become extremely sophisticated, but I wanna paint just for a moment a simplification of that sophistication so you can start to think about what is the, the journey that I can take my customers on. And, I know I give you a lot in just a few minutes, so I'm going to try to do this as concisely as possible. So if you look at the screen, we've talked about how this puts direct mail at the center. I'm moving my mouse over that right now of the marketing program that you can run for your customer. We talked about how you can add QR codes and pearls to that that lead to a landing page or to a website. We're going to talk about that more in just a moment. And when this activity happens, you can do things that are triggered based on that activity. So put simply, you can start to push information into your client's CRM, into their lead management system, into their ERP, whatever it is that they need, where they need that data pushed. In addition, you can start to use other channels like email, which means you have another value-added, revenue-generating opportunity that kind of you can halo around that direct mail, right? It's things like emails. A lot of folks don't know, if I draw your attention back up here to the top of the screen, that when you're doing a direct mail campaign, whether that be 100,000 pieces, a million pieces, 50,000 pieces, that you can also match those individuals up against Facebook users, LinkedIn users, and create an additional touch point around those folks in advance of receiving that direct mail that's going to make your direct mail even more powerful. So that's just a, a, a snapshot of, of the kind of the promised land of where you can start to take these conversations that give you more to talk to your customer about, that give you more revenue generating opportunities and more margin in the work that you're doing and making that print so much more than just outputting that print at the lowest cost. Now, Mac, I know that there are questions always that we get about use cases, like where does this work? How, where does it apply? Does it apply to my industry? Talk for just a moment about the industries that this works for. Yeah, so I see a lot of people talking about it. Michael, I know you asked about the higher education and most people ask, well, will this work for me? And most importantly, will this work for my clients, right? So mm -hmm. I'm gonna just give you, we're gonna actually talk a little bit about it later because we're gonna give you some coaching tips on how to identify opportunities. But I just wanna kind of go through a few examples. So Dave, if you could just go forward. You can see yep. a variety of different industries that we've put here on the screen. I'm not gonna go through all of them, but what it comes down to is everything we've been talking about is allowing you to drive higher response rates and engagement from the recipients of that direct mail, right? And so if that's what we're set out to do and that's what the case studies show actually happen, well then if you're looking where does this actually apply, it applies with print and mail that is meant to drive response. Maybe it's marketing response, so maybe driving more leads or more students, or maybe it's transactional. 
more people responding and actually paying their bills. So that's sort of the encompassing theme around where this applies. Got it. And folks, if, again, if you want this uh, presentation, I know that we're going quickly here because we're trying to give you as much as we can in the time we have. Let my team know in the chat. Thank you, Mac. That was really helpful. I really appreciate you going through that. But before we go on, because we're going to now segment to the second thing of our three teaching topics today, Dave, if you don't mind, if we could mm -hmm. just pause for a second. I know sure. we mostly Dave, but Dave and I threw a bunch at you in that first section. So I just want to take a moment, if that's okay with you, Dave, do you just mind for a second? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Awesome. You can get some water or something like that. <laughs> Re refresh. Good idea. <laughs> so everyone in the audience, Michael, Vinny, everyone that's here, you know, our goal at MindFire is to bring you these presentations so that you can get actionable value, right? You can get value that you can take back to your business, take back to your customers. So I just want to pause and ask, because we actually use your feedback to drive what we teach on. Was this valuable? Was this first section that we went through valuable? Did you learn something? Was it helpful? Please do us the honor. Take a moment and just go to the chat right now. So Ted, yes, you also, I'm talking to each of you. Just go to the chat. Was this valuable? Did you learn something? Was this helpful? Does anything stand out? Just please give us that. Awesome, James. Thank you so much. We just like to check in, make sure that what we're doing is helpful and that we can use it to you know, guide us in the future. Thank you, David. I'm happy to hear that. Anything specific? We got people. That's a good up. question, Mac. Thank you for asking everybody. And thank you folks for giving us that gift of the feedback here. Chessa, Clem. Hey, Clem. Daniel. Hey, Doug. I see a lot of friendly faces <laughs> here. Holly, James, Jessica, Kylie, Margie, Margie, forgive me, Michael, Richard, Robert, my friend, Steve. Hey, Steve, Ted, Todd, Vinny. I'm just listing a few names here. Good, 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 good. Okay. Awesome. All right. So Mac, Thank you for asking the folks that question. You're 100% right. We want to deliver value, obviously. So let's transition now to why we say here, let me bring that back up here, that there's a starting point that many mailers miss when they think about how to take this to their customers. And really, it's costing them everything. It's costing them this opportunity. Yeah. If you think about the big picture that we just talked about a moment ago, that's a lot for some organizations to immediately jump into. There are some print companies, print mail companies that go there immediately, but honestly, it's not too common. It becomes a lot and it can get overwhelming. What we've realized, especially over just even the last 120 days, as I mentioned to you, this is all fresh stuff that we're bringing you, is that there is a, what McKinsey often calls a toe in the water way that print companies can get started much more easily and quickly. And it's a very specific kind of workflow that we want to teach you right now. Okay, we haven't taught this before. Mackenzie, I'm going to ask you, actually, if you can walk through this, because I know you're passionate about this. This is something we've worked with many customers on now. But please help us understand the workflow. I'm going to bring it up right now, and then you just let me know when to advance. Awesome. Perfect. So as you all remember, back to the beginning of the presentation, I talked about a three-step framework, right? You add the pearl, you drive people to a personalized microsite, and then you drive the responses to their sales team or their CRM or whatever it is. And as Dave said before, our mission, right, is to help you add a pearl and personalized QR code on every mailer so that you can retain your customers, grow your customers, drive better response. And as we started to talk to customers and prospective customers who realized that this is a no-brainer, as they call it, I think Holly said, why wouldn't we do this? One of the areas that was inhib inhib inhibitor was that people said, well, 
it's challenging to actually create a customized landing page or who's going to build that, right? There started to be some barriers to entry. And so what we wanted to do, I like this, keep it simple, stupid, is create a way for you to start, get this value to your customers, but not have to go through some of those hurdles of creating the personalized microsite, doing all that to start. So this is how you do it. Number one is same step one, add the pearl that johnsample.mymortgage.com or whatever it is unique to each recipient, add that pearl and personalized QR code to the mailer. Now, instead of driving that pearl to a brand new website, that pearl is actually going to redirect them or transparently hand them off to that original website. So let me give you an example. If your old way or your traditional mail said, hey, go to bmw.com slash offer to take advantage of our summer 22 offer, we're going to send people to joemanos.mybmw or daverosenthal.bmw.offer.com. And when they go to that unique pearl or when they scan it, they are going to land on bmw.com slash offer. So they are going to end up at the same place you would have had them going to before. But the benefit here is because you have driven them through the pearl, you know how many people are engaging and you know who is engaging, which means you get the benefit of that trackability, right? You are now able to provide that same data, that step three, on who and how many people are engaging, both from a macro, here are the results in the data, but also those real-time leads that the businesses are starting to actually rely on to drive their leads and sales. Does that make sense? I want to make sure that I kind of digested it in a way where people can, can get it. Yeah, give us some feedback there in the chat. Let us know, does that make sense? This is a simple way that you can start. And what I'm going to do now, let, let's see that in the chat, folks. Let us know in the chat. Okay, I see Vinny saying uh -huh. yes. Okay, Michael says yes. Okay, good. What I want to do now Get ready if you're taking notes, because I'm going to go through this quickly. I want to equip you with what you need to know about this process so you can be armed and a little dangerous in your next conversation, all right? There's five key steps in this process. If you look at the little circles here on the screen, I'm going to walk through each of these five as it applies to the workflow that McKenzie just described. I want you all, as I'm doing this, think of a client use case. Maybe the one you thought of a moment ago where this applies. Think of a specific example where the direct mail can lead someone to that existing website where you want to add in that tracking. If you've got an example of mine, please drop a yes in the chat. I want to see those yeses coming in. Give me a yes. Give me a yes. You thinking of an example? Michael, I know you had an example a moment ago. James, do you have one? Vinny, do you have one? Okay, good. All right. So here we go. I'm going to show you the five steps. The goal isn't for you to remember all of this, okay? I know I'm going to give you a lot, but I want you to get more comfortable in your thinking, and I want to spark some new ideas for you so you can have intelligent conversations with your clients about this, all right? So the first thing you're going to want to do, Mackenzie alluded to this, is you want to identify where should the respondent land on your client's website. Remember, you're taking them to an existing location on that website. It's usually something like the client website forward slash something.html. Mackenzie, you used the example of, what was it, summer 22? Something like that, right? offer summer, whatever. Something like that. It's an existing location, right? Now, what you want to do, the additional value you can add here, friends, is that you want to figure out, should everyone go to the same destination URL? Or should we have rules that route folks to different places based on what we know about them in the mail file you can actually dynamically take them to a different destination URL. So you want to figure that out 
and work with the customer to figure out if that's applicable. That's step one. Now, step two, I'm going to give you some, some questions, some words, some phrases to sound super smart, especially in front of your client's web team. Here's what I mean. When you do that redirect to that destination, when the respondent is redirected, you can send additional data to that destination URL. This is often something that your client's web team is going to be able to ingest for analytics and other functionality on the website. In other words, as that handoff is made, you can send data over to that website and that website can use that information. So you wanna find out from your client, should we pass additional parameters over? Use that word. And sometimes they'll say things like, yeah, actually, you know what? Send us the respondent's state. We need to know the state that they're in so we can dynamically alter what they see on the page. Or we need the transaction ID for that respondent passed over to us. Are you getting this, folks? Give me a yes in the chat if you're understanding this. That's step two. Step three. Now that you have the destination URL and you're thinking about the parameters that you're going to pass, now it's time to create the pearls and the personalized QR codes. So for each record in the mail file, you're going to want to create a pearl and a string for the QR code. I'm going to show you what I mean by that in a second. Each record needs to get a unique pearl. This is what gives you that ability to do the tracking. For the QR codes, you're going to either create a QR code image and then mail merge that into the mail piece or use a barcode font. Either way is fine, okay? Now, let me just make sure you all understand the anatomy of a pearl. If you look at the screen here, I'm using our friend John Sample again. The first part, the John Sample part, is typically the concatenation, fancy word for putting two things together, right? The putting, of to, the putting together of the first name and the last name of the individual that you're mailing to. And then you want to register a domain. Usually it's like a $12 Google domain that's thematically related to the mailer. This is what gets printed on the mailer. Okay, now the QR code, yes, it has the complete Perl, what we just created, and it has additional parameters because you can embed this additional stuff inside of the QR code so that when it gets scanned, you're able to pass that to the destination and use that for additional tracking, okay? In geek speak, if you're in front of your client or in front of the web team, it's called a query string. So you can append additional information in that query string, okay? Now this is what gets embedded inside of the QR code. That whole, that whole complete URL plus the, the query string is what's inside of the QR code. And that's what you print on the mail piece, okay? Now, so far we've talked about the destination URL, the parameters that you can pass to it, creating the mail file, the pearls, and the PQR codes. And so what happens now is when somebody types in the pearl or scans that QR code, we're tracking them, right? And immediately, this is McKenzie laid out, we're immediately redirecting them to that destination URL. When someone responds to that Perl or that PQR, you have the ability to trigger something. So when somebody responds to the Perl or the PQR, you can send a triggered alert to your client, a lead alert, letting them know that they've received activity on that campaign. Or... You could send it to yourself or your CSR so that you know what's happening in real time. As this starts to evolve, you're gonna get your client saying, you know what, if you're sending this to me via email, could you actually just push this lead data right into my CRM or into my lead management system? 
So that's step four, figuring out what's going to happen when the response comes in, what are you going to trigger? And then step five, last but certainly not least, folks, you need to set up a dashboard. At the, at the very least, you need to show a summary result set. How are things looking? A response by list summary. And if there are other meaningful attributes that you need to analyze or to create a breakdown of that are specific to your customer, you want to have that in the dashboard. As an example, McKinsey mentioned creative. Some folks call it a kit, right? Which kit is generating the most response? If there's something germane to that particular customer that's important, you want to set up a dashboard where they can start to see that. Mac, I know we have a lot of questions coming in. Let's try to get to Q&A in about six minutes, all right? So hold those questions. Okay. I see some questions coming in here. What I want to do, folks, is summarize quickly here. Those are the five steps of what you need to know in order to get that toe-in-the-water solution set up. Mac, do you want to make any tie-down points on that before we move on here? Nope, I think we're good. Let's keep it rolling Okay. people have questions. Okay, great. So I'm going to pick up the pace here. I know we're giving you a lot, folks. We're trying to deliver as much value as we can. You have now in your mental toolkit, if you will, an awareness of this strategy and the process that you go through to set this up in the easiest possible way. So the question that I wanna cover now is how you can start to think about which customers of yours are the best fits for this and a counterintuitive way that you can get them to start the process with you. Begin. Mac, you're close to customers, helping them, coaching them through this. Talk us through how you look at this. How do you yeah, help so clients this do this? This is sort of a follow-up to earlier when we were talking about the industries with some more specific information. And often when I pitch this to prospects and when we're talking about this to customers, basically when they've heard everything you've heard until now, the next question is, all right, who can I sell this to, right? Which of my clients is the best fit for this or what prospects are the best fit? So we want to give you six key criteria. Again, goal, give you actionable value. Six key criteria that you can use to be able to figure out which are best. So number one, you want to look for jobs that you're doing or requests for jobs where the direct mail is personalized to the individual. So it says, hi, Bob or it's, hey, Joe, or Joe, this is an offer for you. So number one, if the mail is personalized to the individual and they want a response, that's a good indicator, it's a good fit. Second thing, and this is really important, I want you to think to your customer base. Where are you with customers? Where do you have customers where you are expected to bring new fresh ideas? Maybe you have a weekly call with them or a monthly planning session. And this is big, that you actually have a relationship with the person because often the lowest hanging fruit is to sell this to customers where you have the ear and the attention of your customer and they're open to these new ideas. The third thing is, if this mail is driving to an organization that has a call center or they follow up with leads by people, if they have a sales team, right? If, they, if they're a membership organization and they have people that follow up on that, right? If they have an organization where their revenue is predicated on people following up with leads, that's a freaking gold mine. Next thing is, think about the end value of that mail piece. So I gave the BMW example, right? The goal of that BMW mail piece is to drive selling more cars, right? It's to sell more cars. Well, selling a car is a material end result, right? So think, when they are marketing, right? What is the product or service that they're marketing? And does that product or service have a material increase in revenue if you're able to increase response rates, which is what we're going to help you do with this, right? 
This next thing is, I forgot what count we're at. I think we're at maybe five. <laughs> five, yeah. <laughs> is, as we talked about before, a lot of times, if other people are getting credit, that credit is driving how people are spending their money, right? There's this famous article, it goes back a few years, how Nordstrom's unintentionally dropped a ton of revenue because they cut their print and mail spend because they didn't know that it was actually impacting them. And so I want you mm -hmm. to think about customers of yours who are doing print and mail where that organization, your client is using data to drive decision-making. Lastly, and this is really important, I want you to think of organizations where you provide print and mail for, where you can pitch a pilot of sorts. So it's kind of with a twist, but essentially we want you to get to a point where you can provide a pilot, kind of like we did with that case study, right? Hey, Mr. Customer, we know that you want to drive leads and sales. We know that when you send this mail, the goal is to drive more, to, to sell more cars, right? And so what we want to do is we want to test a pilot with you, right? We want to start to give you new results to show you a new technology that's going to increase your response because we know it's going to work, right? And so you want them to be exposed to a pilot where you can actually show the impact, which then opens the door to being able to do this in the future. Yeah, I pulled a real life example here. You know, this is what, when you learn the process and when you apply what McKinsey just said, this is from a partner of ours, a client of ours that says, hey, you know, this customer is doing a small direct mail campaign. They're going, they want to test out MindFire. We might be able to offer the first one free, which is often a very good way to get your toe in the water or your foot in the door. And so this is what starts to happen is your team, your folks start to become aware of how to get into conversations with the right types of clients where you're going to be able to add significant value. Okay. Now, let me see the time. Yeah, we're perfectly on time here. This is exactly where I wanted to be. So far, we've covered the big picture. We've talked about the starting point. McKinsey helped us understand the starting point. And Mac, you took us through understanding kind of which are the best clients, even if they don't realize that they need this, who are the best clients that we can start with? And I want to pause before I get into answering all of your questions. I see there's a lot of questions here right now that have come in. So MindFire team, please start to compile that. But I want to ask you all here who are with us, did you learn something today? Have you learned something so far in the first 60 minutes? Give me a yes in the chat if you've learned something here in the, in the, in the training we've done so far. Did you learn something? Michael, David, I know you have to leave. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Daniel says, yes. James says, absolutely. I learn something new every, every webinar, says Vinny. Ted says, yes. Okay, good. Good. What I want to do is I want to take the questions that have come in. I want to give you answers to all of them. But I also would be remiss if we don't give you some specific next steps. If you want to take your organization, your sales process forward and start applying what I've taught you. I've also got other folks on the MindFire team here that I want to introduce you to so you can start to hear other voices than, than mine and McKenzie. So Mac, if you don't mind, start pulling together the top questions and uh, let's get those ready. But as you do that, let me share with you folks how you can take the next step if this is something that you are ready to put into play for your organization. Typically, if you're thinking about how to expand into this kind of business offering, you have three choices. First of all, you can do nothing at all. This is what most organizations do. It's risky. You're leaving revenue and margin on the table and it makes you vulnerable with your existing client base. Fortunately, for those of you who are here in the room, this is what the majority do, but this is why you have a significant opportunity to actually do something. The second group 
is you can try to do this on your own. This is what the brave organizations do. It's certainly possible. It can be very expensive, time-consuming, and error-prone. There's no economies of scale or shared learning when you go at, at your own, on your own. And then lastly, this third group, this is when you do it with a partner. That's what the best do. But the key is you got to pick the right partner. I'm not saying that necessarily MindFire is the best partner for you. But picking the right partner is important because this is so much more than just selecting technology. It's everything else that makes a difference. That's what we do. Every month we select five print mail companies that we want to work with that are qualified to be able to do this for their customers. This is not for everyone. This is not for every organization. And what we do, if you look at the screen here, our process encompasses everything that we've talked about, helping you identify and select good fit clients. We'll help you pinpoint who the clients are that you already have in your portfolio that are ideal for your new type of service here. We'll also help you sell. After selecting a client or two, we're gonna help you prepare the pitch figure out how to make the presentation to the customer and close that test or that pilot that we talked about. Thirdly, if you need this from us, we can actually do the work. That means we do all of the technology setup, reducing all of the complexity. You know, this process that I walked you through, we can do that for you. Of course, there's some folks, some print companies that prefer to use the, the MindFire software and do this all themselves, but there's no need to do that. If you want, without having to hire anyone, without having to train any person in your organization, the MindFire team can do all the work. And it's the MindFire team, it's the success team that makes this all happen. We partner with you to make that happen here. Just a few of the people on the success team, McKinsey, who you've, you've heard from today, Joe Manos, who's here. I'm gonna bring him on the air in a second. Lita Wood, some of you know, Jason Voigt, and many, many others who are here to guide you through this process. Joe. I'm actually going to ask you to unmute. How are you, man? You still there? Doing great. Yes. Awesome. You know, can you take a moment? I know you're a fierce, fierce advocate for supercharging direct mail and for the print community and more specifically for revenue growth. Amen. Uh, would you just take a moment to just kind of describe the partnership program? Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. So there's a number of components and go ahead. Let's fire away. So first of all, any of our potential prospects or customers doing 100,000 direct response or transactional mailers per month. You wanna grow your direct mail offering by adding significant value. You really wanna add value that far exceeds digital only advertising to get new engagement for the clients. And you need a trusted partner to help them help you each step of the way. And most importantly, see creativity in solving industry pressures like supply chain. We have some great examples for you. Yeah, yeah. talk about that example, Joe. I know that, that the supply chain, the industry pressures example, you have one from a recent engagement that you had with a client. Can you just briefly describe that, what you mean there? Yeah, super quick. We, I did an educational webinar a couple months ago on personalized QR codes. They reached out and said, we've got a challenge. We can't get enough envelopes for a travel industry customer of ours. Based on today's presentation, we think a postcard with a pearl and personalized QR code would be a a perfect solution. Not to get into the weeds, but that led to his biggest single sale in his 30-year print career. So, yeah. Joe, uh, if you don't mind, turn on your camera so folks can see your, uh, your handsome face. And as you do that, I think it's also important for us to talk about who is this kind of 
investment and this kind of initiative, who is this not for? Who would you say this is not a fit for? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, try something once and you give up after the first attempt. You're afraid to bring your clients new innovative ideas. Every day I deal with print sales professionals that are, are seriously afraid and that's costing you millions of dollars in revenue. You don't want to invest in new solutions and you're happy with the status quo. Okay, so if that describes you folks, that is not the type of organization that's going to have a good go at this. Joe, what are, what are some of the ingredients or the must-haves, if you will, for somebody who does want to embrace this? What do you need to have? Yeah, we really need a C-level executive owner that's really serious about revenue growth. I could talk hours about that. Next, forward-thinking leadership who's investing ahead of the possible recession to protect 2023 print volumes and revenue. Yep. And the, 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 the key things to remember here, folks, as Joe's going through this, is that as you think about this partnership, if you were selecting MindFire as your partner, the way we position ourselves to help you is as an expansion or an extension of your team, right? I mentioned that you don't have to hire or train your staff in order to make this happen. And the, the benefit is not only being able to build and create these kinds of campaigns, but also think about it from the sales side, right? You can get into your existing accounts and into new clients without having to hire folks that necessarily day one understand what it takes to sell these kinds of solutions. We can help fill that hole. So Joe, if somebody's interested in talking about this, what should they do from here before we get into the Q&A? Yeah, so if this sounds like you, tell us in chat right now that you need to talk to us. Awesome. So go into chat, folks. We'll make sure to schedule some time with you. Mac, I know you've got questions laid out here, or somebody's got the questions. It looks like some of the folks are putting cues in front of them, which is super helpful. Thank you for doing that. I'm just going to take what I see here on my screen, and then Mackenzie and team, let me know what we miss here. So the first question is from Garrett Anderson. What, is, what does it typically cost? What is a lead, I guess, from PPC, from pay-per-click? Garrett, I mean, it's all over the board. It depends on the industry. Some of the more competitive industries are a few hundred dollars per lead but it can certainly come down from there based on the, uh, the volume. Garrett, if you're still here, let me know as to your question there and if I, if I got the answer. James is asking, how do you isolate creative in the data so that you know what creative is working? So James, the way that works is through the mail file that's initially imported that creates the pearls and the PQRs. There's a column, the simplest way to think of it is there's a column that designates the creative that that particular individual received. And then you can think about it as a group by or a breakdown of response in the dashboard that then shows which creative is driving that response. So James, if you're still here, let me know if that makes sense. Mackenzie, what else are you seeing here that we should answer now? I just wanna say one other thing about that that I just thought about. So. What's cool about this is because it's a bunch of data being compiled into a dashboard, you can then segment and slice and dice it. So let's just take Gabe's example, right? He just talked about, okay, we put a data a column in the data file that says, hey, creative purple versus creative red. I'm just making this up. Well, now what if you take that and then you break down by some other attribute? Okay, so we got most people of red, but was there a common thread? Were they people in some sort of demographic or something else like that? So then you can actually use those combined pieces of data to drive your next mail piece. Maybe it was all the people in this state that responded most to this color and all the people over here. So you can use that data together collectively to drive informed. Again, the goal is to be able to 
take that data, use it intelligently and drive leads and sales for that organization. So I just wanted to kind of expand on that a little bit. Okay. Another Joe, question. Yeah, let, me, let me throw this one at Joe, Mac, if you don't mind. I see one here. I want to hear Joe's opinion on okay. uh, it. came from Michael saying, I'm interested in your opinion on where the top N or large direct response prospects knowledge is and use of this stuff. Like, do they think it, do they, do they already know about it? I think is kind of the question, especially because he says some of the larger clients think that they know everything already. Joe, your thoughts on that? Yes. I gave him a quick response, but it's all over the board. I mean, there's a lot of customers who believe they already do this or they have the answers. But when you pull the layers back, they really do not understand what you're talking about. So I would suggest that this is a huge area of opportunity. The early indicators of our small, medium, and large customers that are changing their approach and bringing new innovative ideas to these large customers are seeing remarkable results. Yeah. The other yeah. thing I would say there, and Lita, maybe you want to unmute and get on video here, is folks, we are, as Mindfire, we are making a significant investment in making direct mail great again. Forgive the, forgive the expression, which means that we are also investing in marketing to brands and creating awareness of this kind of capacity and, and capability so that we can drive that interest to our partners. That's why we're taking a very small select number of partners through the, this process every month. So in other words, we're seeding this awareness and education from the bottom up to drive more inbound interest, drive more awareness to what you can do and how you can help. Lita, you wanna clarify what I said there? <laughs> well, one of the things that we know is we're talking, to, one of the things we know is as we're talking to CMOs and marketers and even print buyers actually, is that 2023, they're all wondering what's happening in the market and they're looking at their budgets. And so we've been really doubling down in talking to them more and engaging them and really explaining to them how direct mail can be the most effective in helping their marketing across the board. Many of them have never seen these dashboards, have never seen this type of information, and they're quite excited about it. And so for us, we're trying to educate that market, but then we're also looking for the partners that we can engage the brands with because we don't sell to brands, right? So we want to make sure that we have the capacity and the partners to be able to do that. One thing I would say, Lita, you, you mentioned this is interesting. They're not aware, folks, of the ability to have dashboards and visibility into how their direct mail is responding. But what I can assure you is they're aware of the fact that they can get that from social media, from Facebook from Instagram, from TikTok. And so their, their digital teams, their social teams are absolutely providing them that kind of insight. But if you don't have that, hey, you're at a major disadvantage. So this is leveling the playing field. I know something that you often talk about, McKenzie, if I, if, if I could get you to talk about this for a moment is, you know, the, the brownie points that a lot of the digital teams try to get with impressions v actual results. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah, so... When you, if you've ever run a digital ad, you know that you can target a specific group of people or a specific quantity of people. And it's not like they just say, oh, I spent this amount and this is the amount of people targeting, these are the amount of people converted. They get data on engagement, right? So they can know, oh, I just, I ran this ad and this is how many impressions, this is how many times this ad was put in front of people, or this is how many people viewed the ad. But unless you have a trackable response mechanism on your print and mail like that, 
you're unfairly being judged because you don't know who is viewing the mail, right? And so what this allows you to do is level a playing field and provide the same level of intricate data that the digital team is already providing. And I wanna make one more point that Joe said that's really important to answer the specific question, which is like that people think that they already know this. One, from my perspective, one of the biggest benefits of a class like this, and I know Dave went through that five sections where he talked about the parameters and the query string. The reason why I think this is important is because what happens is, is when you are equipped with ammo, you can ask the questions that uncover the information. Let me give you an example. I cannot tell you how many times I have been on calls with print and mailers and brands, and they say, we do pearls. That's the, we already do this, right? And then I ask, okay, mm-hmm. So tell me something, what is the actual website? Tell me the URL that is on that print that's a pearl. And 99.9, actually 100% of the time, what happens is, oh, they say it's bmw.com. They go to bmw.com slash offer. That pearl is unique to this mailer. And I said, that's actually not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about when I say pearl is a URL like, John Sample, Joe Smith, I use the name of the person I'm talking to, whereby every single mail piece, it has their recipient's name on it. So when you are equipped with information, you can ask questions that actually, as as Joe said, allows them to peel back the layers and identify, wait, are we, are you actually doing this? Or do you think you're doing it and calling it something that maybe it isn't? So I think that's a really important point that Joe made. I see Michael saying, I hope we are positioning this as a compliment, not in competition to other channels. This is very synergistic. Michael, very well said. I agree with that. Uh, The point I was trying to make there about the digital is that we are at risk as direct mailers if we're not providing this kind of insight. But certainly, yes, this is synergistic to all the other channels in the way that we've described today. So I, I agree with you there, Michael. I have a question for everybody who's here. So I'm going to list your names and some of the names I see. Vinny. Steve, I want to hear from you, Robert, Michael, Jessica, and James, Holly, Jeff, Doug, all of you who are still here, please answer this in the chat. What is the biggest open question in your mind with regards to what we talked about today? What is the biggest open question, the number one open question in your mind about what we talked about today? I want to give you all a second to answer that. So let's pause while everyone's thinking here. You got the infamous Jeopardy music here. (laughs) Take a moment, go over to chat. Please do us this favor here. We can serve you better. Michael, thank you for the kind words there. Also gives my team some time to gather some of the other questions. All right, I'm gonna start reading off these things as you put them in here into the chat. I'm gonna see Michael saying, let's see, for me, it's all about the prospects to simply buy in and not blah, blah, blah. Michael, meaning, that they don't give you blah, blah, blah? Is that what you mean? Help us understand the blah, blah, blah portion. Jessica, no questions, okay? Makes sense to you. As the others are typing in their their responses here, I can see folks are furiously typing. In your experience, what do you think is the number one question that people have before they get started? From the print and mail perspective or from the brand? Yeah, print and mail. I mean, for me, what I hear the most is, who am I going to sell it to and how am I going to sell it? Okay. okay. They want to know where does this work? And actually Lita and I've given them this exercise before on calls. And so this is a good insight. I think that everyone can, can go do walk around your plant, go look at the mail that you're printing right now. 
not this second <laughs> after the call, but go walk around and look at the print mail, the mail that you're doing right now and look at what the call to action is. Are people asking them to respond? Do they want them to pay a bill? Do they want them to go to company.com slash offer? Start to look at that mail and start to draw your attention to the ask. If there is a clear ask, and if that mail is addressed to a specific individual, right? Hey, Bob, and then an ask, that is the perfect opportunity for you to start to bring these ideas. So that's the, that's, that's the first thing people want to know. The other thing people say is, you know what? I'm okay with, you know, getting them to the meeting, but can you help us? We want you to be able to be there to provide some ammunition, some of the details mm. where their team might have questions that we don't know how to answer. And so oftentimes reps say, I don't ask the questions because I don't know how to respond to their follow-up. And so the answer is yes, we absolutely. And that's why we're only bringing on a select number of people because we don't have the bandwidth to go help hundreds of clients with all of their clients, right? To help them pitch it and sell it. And so that's the other question I get. So who do I go after? How do I sell to them? Will you do it with me? Yep. Yep. Totally makes sense. Yep. Let me see. There's a couple of others that are coming in here real quick. They're, they're coming in now pretty quickly. Michael says, uh, my clients claim this is old news and they already know about this. Well, McKinsey, you just gave some verbal uh, jujitsu, if you will, to kind of navigate around that and, and, and to really dig into that, Michael. But I hear what you're saying. Tell them to Vinny show you says, their mail. Huh? Tell them to show you the mail. If, if they're not doing it with you and if they are, pull it up and just go through it. Yeah. Vinny says, how do I convince management? Vinny, I know you've had a struggle here that this is right for our customers. You know, Vinny, let me just tell you an anecdote. Our, one of our most successful partners was in your shoes, Vinny, and he decided to make the investment himself. Meaning, yes, management said, hey, this is, looks interesting, but this is not on the roadmap right now. That person, that Vinny in that organization said, you know what, you're missing the boat. I'm gonna put my money into this. And when it works, here's what I want in return. That particular individual and that customer is one of our most successful organizations. So Vinny, I don't know how that strikes you, but I know there are others like that. And in many cases, they've just gone ahead and started offering. Clem says, as I've said before, this is a really exciting program. Unfortunately, I'm not doing 100,000 mailers a month. I understand that Clem, absolutely resonate with that. James says, do you have a checklist or question type document for the five steps to set up? James, yes, we can get that over to you. Joe, I think you work with James, correct? All right. All right. Awesome. Yeah, we can do that. Michael says, at the end of the day, I want to have a hammer to hit the prospect's <laughs> mind positively. Yep. You want to hit them in the head. I think that's where a pilot comes in, right? That's the pilot yeah. idea is you can yeah. go to the prospect and say, hey, we're going to actually offer you this pilot, right? At no additional charge. We're going to show you the difference. And believe it or not, most people, once they see the results, they want to do it and they realize yeah. the value. So sometimes it's, it's about showing them versus telling them because sometimes telling, you know, it's textbook versus real life. So that's a pro tip there. So folks, what other questions do you have? Mackenzie and Suzanne, if you can put the open questions there in the chat, if you've asked a question and we haven't answered it, please throw it back into the chat so that we don't miss it. I want to make sure that if you do want to talk further about this, also let us know that in the chat, as Joe mentioned, we would love to speak to you one-on-one. -on -one. No two organizations are the same. You all have a variety of different challenges and opportunities facing you. 
And so we would love to speak to you one-on-one -on -one about your specific organization and see if we can help. So if you need that help, please let us know in the chat. We'd, be, we'd love that opportunity to chat with you about that. So Mac or Suzanne, what did we miss here? I see one from Michael saying, doesn't the pearl... Don't need it. Doesn't the Pearl need to be set up to ask and capture contact info to allow for a call? So yeah, Michael, good question. Is Michael still here? Yeah, Michael's here. Yeah, so in the case of a landing page where you're capturing that information, that, that phone number, maybe you're referring to something like TCPA or some sort of opt-in disclosure like that. Yes, you definitely need to include the right verbiage and the privacy policy link at the bottom of the landing page. If you're linking to an existing page on the company website, on your customer's website, most likely they already have something like that there. Michael, let me know if I answered your question. Mac, what did I, what did I miss so far here in questions? Yeah, so I see one other question. I know Joe typed it. So Joe, if you could just share it for the, with the rest of the people. They said, when they get there through the Pearl, so when the person lands on your website through the Pearl, can we gather statistics on where they spent their time? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So we have another platform tool for website engagement. So we can actually identify the folks and the pages they visited. And we do have some matchback data that is provided for each of the individual's IP, some address information, name, email, et cetera. So if you have interest in that, just let your representative or team member know. We can certainly expand on that. Yeah. Mackenzie, do you recall who asked that question? I don't, but I was. Okay. All right. Who was it? Ted. Ted. Oh, Ted. Okay. All right. I think, Ted, you may be watching this in the recording now. I know you had to leave. But let us uh, let me look at the names of the folks that are still here. I see Stephen. I'm going to call out a few of them. Robert, Michael, Jessica, James, Holly, Jeff, Clem, Andy. Andy, you're still here. We're going to hang for as long as you need us here, folks. What other questions do you have? And while you think of those questions, uh, Joe, Lita, McKenzie, is there anything else that you would like to ask the audience in the time that we have here together? I don't know that I have a question to ask, but I just wanted to make a comment that in all my years working with printers, they always say they want to be a trusted advisor and that that's really mm -hmm. important to them. And they, they know that if they're not a trusted advisor, that print becomes a commodity and then they're just always in that bidding war. You can't mm -hmm. be a trusted advisor talking about fonts and substrate only. That just isn't going to do it. So this is why I love this program so much is it really starts to move your team and your business into that trusted advisor role, beginning to understand digital, beginning to understand what your customer solutions are. It just opens a different door in how you talk to your customers. Absolutely. And I would add that sometimes sales reps get in their own zone. They continue to offer their customers what they're comfortable with. At the end of the day, it's not about me, you, or your customers. It's about what your customers want and seek. And that's every customer. I've yet to meet a customer in all of the thousands of calls I make a year that, that isn't looking for improved results, something innovative that sets them apart from their competitors. And you're missing opportunities every day that you don't bring something new to your customer. You're missing, and oh, by the way, you're opening a door for a competitive competitor to come in and open it and offer it first. And that's uncomfortable when your customer says, oh, our next print job, our direct, next direct mail is going to a competitor. They offered us this. Oh, I can do that. Too late. Done. Yep. 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 And someone in the audience, I think it was Holly, but I'm trying to go back and look. They, they said, this is a no brainer. Why wouldn't I do this on all my mail or something to that 
to that fact. And that's exactly right, because when the brand gets exposed to this idea, what do they say? Why aren't we doing this already? I want this on all my print now. Why haven't you brought this to me? Yeah. And as Joe just said, if they learned it, they learned it somewhere. And unfortunately, that somewhere is probably the person who's going to be fulfilling their next job. And so it's about being ahead of the game and delivering that value on the front end versus waiting for them to discover it somewhere else. I see Steve. Steven, obviously we have a a long-term relationship, friendship here says, thanks for your commitment. Great info. Love to, uh, you know, work with, with you and the company there. I know, you know, Mike Cercuzio, obviously very well. Let's see if we can get something going here. That would be fantastic after these, uh, these last few years. Uh, Michael says, I have a very sophisticated and huge client or prospect that does EDDM and thinks it's the best thing ever. It worked through the pandemic and continues to work now, according to them. I just find this hard to believe with the average sale over $10,000 for this client. I would like to figure out a way to get them to consider a test. I think, Suzanne, you mentioned that uh, Michael has a meeting upcoming with Mark. Joe, why don't you uh, make sure you join that meeting with Mark and Michael, and let's figure out a way, if there is a way, to navigate that test and see if we can make a go of that. Sound good to you, Joe and, and Michael? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Michael, we look forward to that. Suzanne, let's make sure we get Joe um, in on that conversation as well. James says, got to go. Thanks, team. Appreciate this. See you later, Joe. Awesome. Steven says, I wish I could make this happen. <laughs> All right. Let us know how we can help. I know we're coming up here on the end of the time here. I'm going to go around the room here to my teammates here, give you an opportunity to say a couple closing words. And then if you have any other questions for us, folks, make sure you take advantage of these minutes here. Mackenzie, I'll start with you. Awesome. Just want to say thank you all for joining today. I hope you got some actionable value that you can bring to your team, to your organization, to your customers. Ultimately, we are a community supported to have to work together to bring our customers and our organization the best value. So really appreciate your spending your time with us. And if there's anything we can do to support you, any questions we can answer, we are here for you. Joseph. So much opportunity, too little time. Don't miss out. <laughs> Amen. So such wise words. Lita. Well, I think just that we're here to help educate our teams, you know, really focused around education, even if it's not today that you decide to do something like this and it's six months from now or a client knocks on your door and says, you know, do you have something like this? I think it's really worth taking the time now to get the education and to understand it. Thank you for being here with us today. I know that the investment of time that you've made is not insignificant. You've been with us 90 minutes. I hope you got value out of the material. Please let us know here in the chat. And uh, if there's anything else we can do, and if you would like to speak, obviously you know where to go. You know who to, who to reach out to. We are here for you, and we appreciate you. The reason why we exist, as you've heard from, from me and the team, is to be of service to you and to help you serve your clients better to drive your revenues and grow your profits. So thank you all for being here today. All right, folks. Well, have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of the week, and we will talk to all of you very soon. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, team. Bye-bye.